Marisi. It is the way to be able to check what you thought you know, to take you on a deeper level, to expand or increase your consciousness, to prepare you to do the things that you dreamed of. I am Esco Wilson, and this is the Self-Awakened Lifestyle. I'm a lifestyle designer and performance coach. I've helped hundreds of professionals learn how to tap into the power of their innate potential and thrive on a whole new level. I've seen lives change. I've seen my life change, and I want to help more people. That's what this podcast is all about, bringing my own experience together with scientific principles and holistic practices to help listeners enhance their personal and professional performance. In each episode, I talk with guests about discovering and expanding life's possibilities by exploring the mind-body-spirit connection and diving deep into personal authenticity. So it's 1996 and I have a lot to prove because the end of 94 and 95, there's multiple arrests, there's an undercover investigation, it's heavy. I go to prison, the judge allows me to stay for a brief amount of time. So I got the least amount of time I can get. And that's 94 leading into 95. So now all that is done. Now we're in 96. Now I'm back on the streets and I still want to sell drugs. But now I have to do it real covert. I have to really convince people that I'm not selling drugs. I have to convince people that I'm this A plus student. I'm looked at in a certain way, a complete failure. And I'm trying to prove to myself and prove to my family and prove to anybody who might know of my situation that it's a completely new show. Here's a new production. There's a new theater in town. I'm the A-plus student. I turned a 1.46 terrible GPA into a 3.66 quick by putting in the work. I show up in English Lit, for example, and I'm the one who can look at the professor in their face and have a really intellectual conversation with them. I've done the work. I understand the meaning behind the work. And me and the professor can geek out about what we're really seeing. And I can share what this conversation amongst adults is all about with the youngsters. The youngsters are the rest of the students in the class. That's how I was showing up. And one of those youngsters happened to be a young man named Brian. And I'm tutoring him like a big brother helping out a little brother. And it resonates for both of us. It helps to create true friendship. Underneath all of that, it helps me to live the lie that I was living. It helps me to cope with the toxicity that I was creating in my psyche, living this dualistic life where I'm in school, performing at the highest levels, and then every day, at night, I escape and I'm doing this other activity. So he helped me to live this illusion where I joined student communities, student organizations, and we're throwing big events. And Brian is like the main actor in these things. So I feel like I'm the director, big brother, he's the little brother and the actor. He's very attractive man, 6'4", light-skinned model, aspiring actor at the time, and it all worked out. We all were living at this high level of possibility, living in this lie. And in the summer of 99, I start this business. Money Tree Entertainment, event planning, club management, concert promotions, nightclub promotions, 
And he helped me to live the illusion that I was really running that business. Of course, funded my, my, my drug proceeds, but I went to the school of business and I actually have a business. Look at my business, Money Tree Entertainment. And we had an amazing time. He made life this illusion and he made it real, made it passionate. And he also was in the middle of an event that turned into a brawl, a deadly brawl. And just like the person who's producing and directing and watching behind the screens, that's me watching him as the actor in the middle of this brawl, throwing every bone in his body at somebody else. And then somebody swings this tiki torch in his face, like a flaming tiki torch and scars his, his face. And he's a model, light skin. And the scars and the swelling was horror show in this deadly brawl. So that's Brian. He understands a lot about my situation because he experienced it. And he helped me to live and create a lot of what my life was at the time without him knowing it. He never asked questions. He allows me to get away with my sins. So it's perfect. And he fills up my well for socialization and peer-based bonding. He allows that to happen. But I never really solved my problem of addressing the evil that I was engaged in. So now let's fast forward 20 plus years. And Brian is still in my life. It's a blessing. And I want to introduce you to Will. Will is an entrepreneur. He's my age. And Will is, in many ways, Brian's new big brother figure. Will is a successful solo entrepreneur. He's a father of adult children who've already graduated college. And he helps Brian get organized. And Brian helps him be creative. And they have a beautiful friendship that's grounded in professional execution. And they get along very well. And the two of them and myself, we put together this interesting way to be friends and learn together as peers. And we called it the power seat. So for today's episode, I invited both Brian and Will to sit down and explore our experiences together and learn upon reflection in a very similar way to our previous discussions. It's somewhat of a mastermind, and it's also an invitation to not only explore what we learn, but implement what we learn. Let's see what happens. Okay. How you guys been? It's been a while. How you feeling? Good. Business is doing well. I love my clients. I love the work we're doing together. I'm an executive coach. I work with our business owners and executives, and that business is going well. There's a lot to be grateful for right now. And we've been together for a bit now. Oh my goodness gracious. Since 1996. Yeah. You actually hold a unique position in relation to this podcast. I like to offer insightful stories to help frame a thought. And nobody except for you experience the actual moments that those stories were being manifested. Wow. There are some stories, man. And I know that at that time, there was a lot that I didn't see that was going on. So I'm really looking forward to going back in the library and listening to some of the stories, man. I know a piece of it. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about your story. I love you, man. You know that. And uh, you, you've been an amazing influence on me and my life. And uh, I'll never forget that, bro. I really appreciate that. And the ability to see myself 
and the reflection of your memories. And now just to be clear, no drug activity for you. No drug dealing, no drug use. I mean, we smoke weed, but there's a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I do Dr. Jekyll very well. I'm really interested to hear more about uh, the other side because I knew the one side very well. I had this other life, this other part of me. There was this duality that helped to expand my experience at that time. In the previous episode, I talk about the ability to sit for hours and hours in a old vehicle. Do you remember that blue truck? Yep, I remember the blue truck. I would like sneak around in this little dirty ass truck with no heat and no radio to like camouflage myself. And the ability to do that has a lot to do with like a meditation. And in a lot of ways, that's like the power seat, but individual, or at least the internal arc, the internal archetypes, internal personas in my mind, having a power seat conversation or having a soul brother's conversation, a spirit brother's conversation. Like I'm focused, driving a certain way, moving a certain way. I can feel my heartbeat. Like I see a flashing light in my rear view. Like my heart starts pounding in the middle of this imaginary conversation. So it was like a whole nother level of intellectual engagement. So I'm actually realizing that right now, that driving around like that and having these like little meditative kind of like rehearsals of my intellectual pursuits in college while selling drugs and, you know, trying not to get caught and all that is very similar to the combination of events that is happening right now where you're like instinctual and you're reactionary and you can be defensive, but also trying to see the bigger picture at the same time. And I love it because I believe that's how entrepreneurs want to be able to think. Will. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, absolutely. That's really what I experienced the first time coming together in the power seat, right? It mm -hmm. was this level of, you know, intimidation. You're in this seat. Everybody's watching what you're going to say. And I think part of it was like, yo, ego at first, right? And then you're like, oh, shucks, what did I just say? Did that even make sense? So the power seat kind of puts you in a position to be like, you don't know what you're talking about, right? Your thoughts are beginning to be challenged. And you got this yeah. energy that's in the room that's like, yo, okay, I'm, I'm not on my game. I got to step up my game. It, it just takes you to another level to know that, hey, I got these spirit brothers that's checking me. It is the way to be able to check what you thought you know, to take you on a deeper level, to expand or increase your consciousness, to prepare you to do the things that you dreamed of. I'm a fractional CFO. I help people actually build their businesses. But what the policy made me really do, it says, hey, how do I take this thing to another level, right? Right. Why intimidation? What makes it, what makes it intimidating? I think in, in first, you know, in my first part in the policy, it was like, geez, I think it's a level of, you know, most people question what they think they know. Or they fail to question what they think they know. Right. They, they fail to question what they think they know. Absolutely. I think most people are passive. And they don't want to actually critique you. They don't want to challenge you. But the power sees like challenges from like all angles. Yeah. And, and you know what I would add to that is that in the world, you may get people who hate on you or that doubt you. You may get that or you may get people who praise you so to, to please you. But power seat was the thing that was in the middle. So it was it was critique, but it was critique because we care. We want to see you grow. It was questioning right. not because we hate on you, but questioning because out of curiosity. So it wasn't hate, right? And it wasn't just be nice. It was the thing that's in between that we gave for each other. Um, so it was beautiful. 
you know what comes up for me? I remember one of our policy sessions and I was having issues with, with my wife. I've been married now 22 years and I begin to, you know, think about, hey, I wanted something, you know, external because I felt as if the passion in my relationship had actually left. And I wasn't actually investing and doing the things that make my relationship better. It was just habitually and in my mind, I was just doing the same thing over and over again the same way. And I remember Esco saying, how many times have you slept in a bed without your wife? <laughs> Which was really powerful, right? So that comment made me rethink. I began to invest my relationship from that standpoint. So I think that comment in the policy made me rethink my whole relationship and says, hey, what steps do I need to do to have that passion? And now I'm just seeing that come to life. And there's a whole renewal that's happening that wouldn't have happened if we didn't have that policy conversation. Wow. So what's coming up for me is there's a human factor. So that's the key. The key is, yeah, show up with your business project, your passion, your idea. And we can say, yeah, that's amazing. Go for it, brother. And some people, that's all they need. And that gives you, you know, internal motivation. But then it's like, all right, where you at? Week one, week two, week three, where you at? What's going on? What you doing? And if you can't respond, that gives you a chance to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, damn, I talk big game, but I'm literally not showing up in the behavior patterns on a daily basis to chip away at this big intention. And with another group, I can hide. I can like escape. I can get away with that shit. But with the Soul Brothers and in the power seat, it's like <laughs> you exposed. And because we have this type of relationship, this authenticity, this like integration of intentions, meaning like I can get personal with you. We can get personal with each other. We can get energetic with each other. We can literally say, yo, I don't want to talk about the project no more. I want to talk about why you ain't showing up in these daily behavior sets. Like what's your habits? And that's where we get into the real transformation. It might be fear around financial issues. It might be a certain habit. I drink too much. It might be things that people... They don't address. So why would somebody like myself be excited to engage in what the power seat became to be, what Spirit Brothers meant to me? It has a lot to do with this realization that myself and many of us as solo entrepreneurs, small business owners, we have to wear many hats. We gotta manage, we gotta execute as the practitioner. We have to be the visionary and we're doing this in the dark many times. We're doing this in solitude. How do we wanna navigate in the dark to come up with a big outcome? Like, how do you do that? I think that can be a little bit easier if you're traveling in the dark through something that's not so pleasant with people that you trust. It makes it a little more soothing. It makes it a little easier to make that long haul to get the big outcome, knowing that if you don't get the big outcome, you'll always remain trapped. So those are some of the global reasons why to engage in this general approach towards self-awareness and personal development and life enhancement, but also more specifically for me as a lifestyle engineer, it became a way for personal practice at a high level, at a multi-level. And I call that four-dimensional transformative learning it works in, again, four dimensions. The first dimension, the first rules of this game that we were willing to play, me and my people in the policy. Step one, frame a problem for yourself that needs to be solved. Now, how do I have to show up energetically, intellectually, consistently? Who am I being in that situation? 
What are the behaviors? What are the habits? What are the rituals? Step two, I share the steps. Here's what I did. Day one, A, B, C, D. Here's why I did it. Here's what I did day two. Here's how I'm measuring it. So you get a chance to explain your steps. And in doing so, you see yourself, you analyze yourself, you have to filter it, decode it, and then translate it to the awareness of somebody else and then see their facial expression, see how their voice changes, see how their energy changes and get reflections back. That enhances the validity of the idea of your steps. Step three is taking all the insights, taking this meta consciousness kind of awareness and really making it into a self program. It could be like the rough draft of a pilot kind of deal where it's not finished just yet, but it's a beautiful rough draft that has an outline. It has your strategies, your mission and all that stuff that you share with the people in the policy. The fourth one is we co-create some kind of bigger product or business opportunity, something that's monetized at a higher level. And we are all bringing our collective resources together to make that happen. And then you go back to step one, the next problem that you have for yourself that you want to solve. And you just keep doing that. And it allows you to be more confident solving bigger problems. It allows you to be more fluid and nuanced in uh, personal engagement and professional interaction in a very creative way. It allows you to think outside the box. It allows pattern recognition and all of this done with passion, done with, you know, like self mastery, like self management. There's no external entity, like no boss telling this team to work together. It's a team of people who are like, yo, let's make life happen this way. And let's make it happen personally. Let's allow it to happen professionally. And maybe together we can create something. So those are the positive, very powerful reasons why I really, really loved my experience with Power Seat and my spirit brothers. What do you hear me saying, D? A couple of things came up for me just now. I remember there was a point where it was a constantly evolving structure. Like each week, it was almost like start again from scratch to some degree, right? One Monday night, I came on and I was having a real tough time with money at that point. And I told you all the story. And the story brought me to tears. Right. And it was nice to have a place to say, hey, look, I got, I got this problem and it sucks. And I feel a lot of shame. I feel a lot of guilt. I've had coaches before. Well, I'm not really as honest as I could be. I don't show everything. But in that moment, I had that place where I could really be, listen, this is what's going on. I need your help, man. I, I need you guys to figure out, help, help me with this, right? Right. Yeah, and that was, that was a beautiful thing. But it was interesting to see how each of us engaged slightly different the power seat and to see how each of us received differently as well. Like, Esco, you squeezed every drop of juice <laughs> and everything you could have possibly gotten from that group and to see how you engage so intensely with it and to see what you received from it um inspiring right will came in a different way i came in a different way when i look at the way i came in i do think i'm like you know what i probably could have showed up a little bit more authentically i probably could have really engaged a little bit more um consistently and probably mm -hmm. gotten a little bit more so that's something that for me to work through with the ego and showing up and trying to appear a certain way that I could probably yeah. work on. That was exposed to me in that group. Like I, I, I look back on it. I hear what Will created. I hear what you created. I'm thinking, what did I create? What did I really create mm. from that? It's like, well, Brian, how are you really showing up? Are you really showing up authentically? And you see what could happen if you do, and you can see what happened if you don't. So the lesson was still there, whether 
something was actually physically created or not, just being in that environment and learn, you can't help but learn because it was such an honest environment. Mm. Right. There's things that happen in that seat that, because it's a level of truth, a level of honesty that happens in that power seat that, man, I'm, I'm still reaping benefits from that. That's what I'm saying. Being in that uh, container, whether you agree in the moment or you don't agree, it has an effect. There's a thing that happens. Just even saying something out loud and hearing the feedback and the feeling you get from it, there's something that's left there that's truthful and honest. Oh, beautiful, man. I love that. That's that somatic intelligence. It resonates. And it might resonate in a way that's unpleasant, but it resonates with truth. And it makes it hard to lie to yourself as you move forward. So yeah, I love it. And, you know, now seasons shift. And I'm ready to invite other conscious, other ideas, other experiences in, new experiences, new levels of engagement, again, to expand consciousness. And I think that's definitely what our relationship and our interaction meant for me. It sounded like that's what it meant for you guys that power seat energy. So, you know, basically I'm inviting you to let's start the thing back up. What do you guys think about that? I think it's coming at a good time for me. So I'm starting to think like the same thing again. It's like, Brian, are you really um, leaning into your edge? You know what I mean? So I would say yes, because I'm at a point now where I think I could lean into that edge a little bit. So for me, it needs to be that power seat strong. And then I got the most value of the break made me pick up and execute things really fast. And then the break, it needs to be a way right. that is facilitated that we come in, we get really, you know, intense. We go out and execute and then come back. You already know what I'm going to say. Did we start right away? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm very excited about this. Oh, I'm very excited about this. It's like perfect timing. Yeah. It's perfect yeah. timing. All right, man. I love it. This was great. The things that really stood out, that really resonated with me about this episode with my, with my boys and my friends is, first thing, the ability to see yourself in the eyes of your peer group. And then noticing how we engage energetically with people to help reveal ourselves. So I need a victim in order for me to be the hero and vice versa. Um, a victim might need a villain in order to be saved by the hero. So we fulfill those parts of our identity that might not be truly present. We find ourselves in these entanglements, AKA relationships, energetically, and we purposely put them together to help place ourselves in the role that we wanna play. So I wanna be the big brother, and I'm constantly doing that as a performance coach, as a yoga instructor, as a leader. And when is that a true growth and value exchange proposition? Or when is that just being stuck in your own kind of narrative? So that really resonated with me to see patterns of self in these small groups of essentially deliberate practice around entrepreneurship and personal growth and professional execution. The second thing that resonated with me, with, with, with my boys, is we all acknowledged a the similar moments of energy, like those peak energetic expressions that emerged during our exchange when we were, you know, practicing for 18 months. But when those peak moments of energy happened, we did not necessarily agree on what it meant at that time. Now that we've had a break and chance to reflect for six months apart, 
we all now have a similar meaning on what those peak energetic moments actually brought to us. It seems like we all have the same understanding of that truth. So the ability to step away out of a season of peak performance and high engagement and reflect, I think the truth reveals itself. And then the final thing that stood out, like resonated, like really helps me to ponder and, and gain wisdom is this idea of seasons where you engage in deliberate practice on top of friendship. Allow the deliberate practice to have a season. We're starting here. Here's how long we'll do it. Here's where we're ending. Here's how we're measuring it. Let's create seasons of moving in a specific direction. And that really resonated with me because it gave us an opportunity to reinvite ourselves into the next season of, you know, the power seed and our spirit brothers practice. And I'm very excited about that. Let's see what we create. I am Esco Wilson, and you've been listening to The Self-Awakened Lifestyle. You can find out more about me at selfawakenedlifestyle.com. I'd like to thank Brian and Will for coming to the show today. The Self-Awakened Lifestyle is part of the Mercy FM Podcast Network, which also includes shows like Soul Savvy Business and Just Between Coaches. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Melissa Deal assembled the episode. Danny Eaney is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. So you don't miss upcoming episodes. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.